The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Today on Kroll Call, we're live from Kroll Manor with special guest Richard Sims, and he has got a lot to talk about. From his adventures on the high seas to primetime television and, of course, what's going on in the world of daytime television. Plus, get the inside scoop on my very top secret move. That's what's coming up today on Crawl Call. Welcome to another edition of Kroll Call. I am your host, Dan Kroll. I am here with you. We are live this week from my brand new studio here in Kroll Manor 2.0. We're going to talk about that later. There's a, a whole lot of uh, mayhem and adventures and such that have gone into this move. I can't wait to talk about them. Uh, hopefully you enjoy them. We have, uh, I really feel like there's a whole lot to talk about. Last week, of course, was our big one-year anniversary here on Kroll Call. And I've got to tell you, I'm really kind of happy with the way the show is going. It was a big deal when after, what, about five years of doing the show format as Soap Central Live and talking about anything and everything soaps, making a change so that we could talk about other things, sort of broaden the scope to, of course, continue to talk about soaps, which we're going to do today, as a matter of fact, but to also talk about things that, I know that we all enjoy everything from talking sports to music to theater to movies to, you know, it's a little bit of everything. So I'm really glad that you guys have been receptive. As I always say, though, since there are still people who are not listening to the show, whether they be, you know, here in the United States or somewhere in North Korea, I'm not sure that they're allowed to listen to the show there, but you know, maybe we'll work on it. It's, it's a captive audience. Perhaps uh, I'm going to continue to do what I can here to get more listeners. So if you enjoy the show, just as a, an FYI, feel free to tell your friends, tell a family member, tell your postman or postwoman, tell uh, a woman that you see in a Walmart bathroom. <laughs> we'll talk about that too. Uh, tell her to listen to the show as well. I'm going to just get right into today's show. I mean, there are so many things to talk about that I think we need to bring on our guest, our special guest. He's a regular here. He's a friend to the show. You may know him from such magazines as Soaps in Depth or from a couple of books that he's written or pretty much from all of his Twitter handles. He is Richard Sims. Richard, welcome to uh, Kroll Manor 2.0, krollcall.com backslash org, percentage sign. Wow, thanks. <laughs> uh, you know, I think it's appropriate to mention since, um, you know, you just celebrated the one-year anniversary of the show, which, you know, that was a big, scary move. You know, you've made a yeah. lot of big, scary moves this year. You know, the whole Kroll Manor thing, which we'll talk about later. Um, you know, changing formats of the show, which was terrifying. You had a set audience, and, and you're like, you know what, I'm going to try and expand that. But I think it's kind of cool that last week 
on the one-year anniversary of the show, the song that you use as a theme song, Natalie Archangel's Higher High, actually debuted on the Billboard dance charts. Uh, it, it's, it's actually this week, I think it's up to like number 30 or something on the Billboard dance charts. So I think it's kind of cool that it happened to debut on your one-week anniversary. I like that. I'm very happy that... Uh I love the song. I have to tell you, there's there's no way there's been a folks don't know this, but there was a whole lot that went into getting that as the theme for the show and, you know, tweaking things and getting permission from the lovely and talented songwriters and producers and a lot of fun stuff. So I'm really, really glad that that uh, came to be because. I have the whole version. I think the whole version is available for download on iTunes. Head over to iTunes and check it out and download it. But uh, I listen to the whole version in the car. Sometimes I forget and think that I should be back in the studio getting ready to do a show. Did the show start without me? I'm like, oh, oh, no. I'm like, oh crap. What you know, a lot of people who know me know that, you know, that, you know that I talk a lot on Twitter about Charlie, who's my best friend and office mate, and he actually wrote the lyrics to the song. So it's kind of like, you know, a little, a little Cole Manor, um, my house, kind of like cool joint venture, and it just... It just makes me feel all the closer to being a friend of the show. <laughs> well, you are a friend of the show without... Uh, you know what? Let me talk about people who are friends. Um, there have been some very interesting news stories. Uh, for those of you who are out there listening, we're Walmart. going to... <laughs> yes, we're going to be talking about, in the course of this hour, we're going to be talking about primetime television. We're going to be talking about the soaps. Of course, Richard and I can't to get uh, get together without talking about the soaps, at least uh, for a little while. We're going to talk about the top secret move, but we're going to talk about some things that went on the, in the news because Richard Sims has posted on the internet that a woman was arrested for pleasuring herself with a Jimmy Dean sausage in a Walmart bathroom. Richard, um... I think what makes this story for me <laughs> yes. is, you know, it would be good enough that it's Walmart. I mean, we've all seen the, you know, the, the sort of satirical people of Walmart page. But what really makes this for me is that it's a specifically a Jimmy Dean sausage. You know, they didn't just say, you know, some processed meat or, or a sausage. They specifically, everywhere you read about this, it's a Jimmy Dean sausage. And I can't decide if the people at Jimmy Dean are, like, thrilled with this, you know, but under the theory that there's no such thing as bad publicity, or if they're just banging their heads into the desk like, please stop saying Jimmy Dean, please stop saying Jimmy Dean. <laughs> the thing that's interesting to me, you know, sometimes people refer to things differently, but the news article, there's actually a lot of funny things in this news article, it mentions that she was pleasuring herself with a Jimmy Dean package of sausage. Now, I'm wondering, do they consider, you know, one sausage a package, or is it like hot dogs? Well, let me, let me give you a little a insight here, because I'm pretty sure I've done a little digging, you know, Excuse because me? I don't want to come to the show uninformed. Okay. And my understanding is, now, as you know, there are several, you know, pa- sausages come in many different shapes and sizes. <laughs> and when you're talking about packaged sausages, you know, there's like links, and then there's... I believe that what we are discussing here is, you know how there are those like sort of, they're almost like sausage logs, they're like, they're like rolls of sausage, they're kind of thicker and in the general shape of what you might expect someone to use to pleasure themselves in the bathroom of a Walmart, if you were ever to expect somebody to pleasure themselves with a sausage in the bathroom of a Walmart. I believe that is what she was using. And the disturbing thing to me is, yes. you know, 
was she, you know, was she going to put it back? You know, when she was done, like, okay, I'm done with it. I can put it back on the shelf. And if so, was this her first time there? Because I, you know, have other people purchased her no. previous that's what I was going to say. Is I'm wondering. Word. <laughs> I, I'm wondering if that's the thing that gets on that special rack that has a sticker that says, "You know, special today, fifty percent off." That's gross. Right. Here's the oh. thing that is great for me. I'm, I'm, I'm reading the news account. Use, I'm sort of sorry that she didn't use Ballpark Franks, and I mean that for her because you know we all know that Ballpark Park Franks plump when you cook them, and I would think that that would add extra pleasure to the experience. Uh, before we move on to the other weird news story, some of the funny things that uh, amuse me is the security guard, a male security guard, is the one who discovered this woman. Um, when asked about it, he said that it will haunt his dreams forever. <laughs> I'm just, uh, you know, I mean, I guess, I, I'm sure. But to that, uh, another interesting news story is that a woman in Pennsylvania uh, solicited an undercover cop for um, pleasure. She would uh, pleasure him with her uh, upper regions, we'll say. Uh, in return, she asked for $15. Mouth. Mean mouth. I do mean mouth. Let the people, we have an intelligent audience. They can figure these things out on their own, usually. Um, but anyway, she in return, she asked for $15 and a Big Mac. You know, all I can say to that is, I've done more for less. <laughs> so who am I to judge? <laughs> Um, everyone out there, show of hands. All right, right. who has it? Come on. I mean, you know, it's it's two in the morning, you're hungry, you ain't got any money. Oh, there's a McDonald's. Hey, he's a cute cop. You know, this this is this is how things go. I think this might be the most interesting show we've ever done already. <laughs> Uh, oh, now I'm down. Oh, I'm just, of course, I'm looking for things that uh, we could talk about that are crazy. And, of course, I pull up the news and there's a sad story on it. Womp, womp. Oh, so, well, let's not talk about sad. Well, we won't. So, uh, no, well, that's not. <laughs> I, I think it's kind of funny that we don't think that this woman selling herself for $15 in a big pack is sad. <laughs> oh, look, there's a sad story. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I mean, uh, whatever. I, I, it's... It's interesting because it sort of does lead itself to a more serious discussion in, um, are these things that have always gone on, uh, certainly, you know, in the digital age, it's much easier to hear about these stories. Is this a sign, as seems to be the case, that maybe there's a growing population with, a mental, with mental illnesses? And you know what? We're not, I'm not saying that uh, pleasuring yourself is a mental illness. I'm saying taking a... I was told to do it led to mental illness. That's <laughs> what they taught us in school. That's blind and hairy hands. Uh, right. They, uh, I'm wondering, is this, you know, is this something... I don't know. It just seems like there's a lot of this stuff going on, but then I don't know. Honestly, I think it's it's one of the things I think this is a case of, it's not that there's a lot of it going on. It's that there's a lot of it, you know, that sort of in the age of, of Facebook and Twitter where, you know, I mean, I know one of the sites I go to every day is the smoking gun because they always have these bizarre, like they comb the, they comb police records for bizarre stories. And, you know, as soon as something like that comes up, you immediately, you do what I did and what you do, you know, you post on people's walls and you, and you laugh about it and you share it. And I think, I think it's really just that social media has expanded to the point where, where these kind of things be, are, are brought to our attention more as opposed to, um, the thought of, the, the thought of it being that there are more, uh, that it's happening more. You know, I think it, I think it always 
has happened. I think I think our grandmas knew people who you know were hanging out in the bathrooms of Walmart or whatever. So <laughs> that's that's my take. It's funny that you mentioned grandmothers because uh, my nana the other day we were trying to figure out a place to go for food, and we decided that maybe we should go to uh, Five Guys Burgers and Fries, and it was all fine until my nana said. I could really go for five guys right now. Yuck. <laughs> yuck. Just yuck. Oh, Nana. God, I uh, we'll, love her. Uh, and we'll talk about her uh, coming up. But I, something sad that I saw on the internet that we have to talk about. Richard Sims, uh, as big of a television fanatic as you are, as much as you love to tweet everything from reality shows to daytime dramas to primetime dramas, according to what I read on the internet, you have yet to find a new show from this fall season that you like. What is going you know, on with you? I think that's true, and I was really racking my brains trying to think, you know, is there a new show that I'm watching? And I guess I did sort of come up with one. I don't think it, you know, it's not a great show, but we're, we, we, my household watches it, and that's Life in Pieces, the new sitcom on CBS that basically takes a story and divides it. It, it tells like three or four different stories within the same family, sort of a, a poor man's version of, of modern family. And, you know, it's not great. It's okay, but we're always looking for a half-hour sitcom for late at night after we've watched a horror movie and we want something to watch, you know, short before we go to bed. But really, otherwise, I mean, I started Blood and Oil and kind of lost interest in it. Quantico, I found just kind of laughable. I was, I was just, just couldn't get into it. Uh, I know a lot of people talk about Blind Spot being a really hot show, but I didn't start it at the beginning. I don't know if I'll go back and watch it. And I was, I was discussing this on Twitter earlier, and I said, you know, honestly, I've, I've heard this from several people, and I think that this is something that uh, you know, networks, especially the major networks, might be a little bit concerned about in that every year their numbers go down a little bit. And when you have people like myself who are addicted to television and, you know, theoretically can't get enough, and they're looking at your in, at all of the combined fall lineups and saying, yeah, there's, there's just nothing here I'm interested in, that, that would seem to be problematic. You know, as I'm, I'm sorry, gang, I, I, it's been a rough, crazy day. I'm sitting here eating some uh, dehydrated pineapple. Uh, I'll, I'll try not to chew and talk. You don't even have any brownie brittle? You ate it all, didn't you? As soon as it arrived, you ate every <laughs> bit of it. Well, I can neither confirm nor deny where those six bags of brownie brittle went. But what I can say is that I don't know that I'm necessarily engrossed by Quantico. I do enjoy watching it. I also enjoy watching The Muppets, not as much as I had hoped and thought that I would. Um, it's funny. It's great. It's sort of what I wanted it to be, but I feel as though perhaps people are, I, I don't know, I think like they're maybe they're trying a little bit too hard to find, a, to find a format when it could just be insanity. It doesn't really need a plot. It's The Muppets. Um, that being said, that's really it. During the, the thing that I think is a great test is during the moving process. I mean, clearly I have not been, uh, it wasn't just a one day move. There was a period of, of leading up to it. I had to pack everything at, at Crawl Manor 1.0 and then you have to move in here and I have to unpack things. Trust so me, this, kids, it's been going on for like a year. <laughs> okay, it hasn't been that long, but it seems like it. Uh, I've not been able to watch as much primetime television as I would have wanted to because, you know, watching soaps in the day, doing work, and then at night, I'm, I'm running around trying to find stuff in boxes and change light bulbs and all that. But 
I am so far behind that I don't know when I'm ever going to get caught up. But there are very, very few shows that it disappoints me that I'm behind on. Uh, I got to tell you, exactly. season two of season I, two I of Empire completely. has been a disappointment. I, I gave up on Empire. I broke up with it. I I I saw flaws in it last year, and I sort of hoped that you know, with having as much time as they did to prepare season two and get it ready, that they would fix some of those flaws, uh, including you know, dropped plots and 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 just racing through stories. All the things that we really complained about with daytime soaps um, have sort of continued and in some cases gotten even worse on Empire and and I just gave up on it. I will say this. I find that because I'm watching um, fewer new shows, I am sort of reinvesting in shows that I had stopped watching. For example, uh, I've had sort of an on-again, off-again relationship with Once Upon a Time since it first came on. The first year or two, we watched it faithfully, and then I would sort of look and say, well, what's the story this season? Am, Am I interested in it? I got drawn into the Frozen season, and I really enjoyed it, and then the next story was like the the, the, the three bad girls, Maleficent and Cruella and whoever the other one was, and I didn't, or Ursula, and I didn't really care for that one, so I dropped out. I started it again this season with the story of Camelot and, and Merida from Brave, and I'm very much enjoying it. So, you know, it's, it's, it's been interesting. Uh, uh, on, uh, on the other hand, I am this close to dropping a show I have faithfully watched for over a decade, and, and hmm. that is Law & Order SVU, which has become... Oh. It's become a comical parody of itself. Um, no, don't where, say that. A friend uh, where, of the sh- no, 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 no. Because friend of the show, Andy Carl, just know, debuted I just on. He was so good on Wednesday. So good. So, no, must tune in. Must tune in. For those of you out there, yeah. uh, If you missed it, uh, Andy Carl and his wife Orfe, they were on the Kroll Call Thanksgiving-ish special last year when we were doing some uh, Lost Hits of the 80s. Go check it out in the archives. It's a great show. And Andy Carl just debuted in a recurring role this season. But uh, I haven't really watched long-term to be able to know that. So, Richard Sims, tell me, why do you think it's a parody of itself? What's going on? Well, classic Law and Order, as as you know, Law and Order fans know, classic Law and Order always depended on and thrived on. You really didn't have to know that much about the characters. We never really got to know their personal lives. I think for the first couple of years, we didn't even know if some of them were like married or or you know had children. It was all about the case. It was it was it was very intense and all about the case. And now, you know, Mariska Hargitay's character found a baby or something and adopted it last year, and uh, uh, the other woman, she's now like six months pregnant, and this week's episode was all of, and every case has a personal tie, like this week's case, which introduced Andy Carl, who was very, very, very good and very hot. Um, This week's case had um, the blonde detective, Detective Rollins, her sister was involved Mm -hmm. with this ridiculous, like, flute theft and and a rape, (laughs) and... And there was literally a scene where Rollins and her sister were sitting in a park in New York mm-hmm. City, and they were arguing, you know, sort of like, you stole my baby. Well, you shot my husband. And their mother walked up and sat down and said, enough of this nonsense. I'm ordering us cocktails. And I said, what am I watching? This is not law and order. You know, this is not, this is not the, the, the show that, you know, became one of the, the most popular, most beloved, most long-running franchises in, in NBC recent history. So I'm, I'm incredibly disappointed in it uh, and, and very close to giving it up. But I'll stick it out until Andy's done because I really love him. 
Well, one of the shows that you're going to have to give up, that uh, so I guess the news of this came out in the past week or two, is after 7 million seasons, America's Next Top Model it will be going off the air. This is its final season. It's sort of surprising, but not surprising. On the surprising side... It's, it just seemed like it was one of those shows that would go on forever, like American Idol. Not really a whole lot involved in terms of cost of getting this put together. Uh, gets fairly decent ratings for, what is, this, what is the, the channel? The CW? I wanted to say the yep. WB. That takes me back. Um, but, you know, UPM, well, the problem, whatever. The real it just, it's just not the doing show, well. They ran out of models, as evidenced by this year's batch. I mean... They clearly ran out of models because if these people are what they're they have in the running, then there's a definite dearth out there because they're just sad little creatures. But you know, I wonder how much of it has to do with Tyra's new show, Fab Life. Although, mm. you know, all indications excuse me, all indications are that that's not going to have a real long shelf life. You know, it's it's just been uh, the ratings are terrible. It's been critically savaged, uh, and and it's. You know, it's it's probably the biggest misfire in daytime since since the launch of the revolution, which we which all know how that went. Which is the same thing. It's the same show. It is. It's basically the same thing. It's a, it's sort of like an urbanized version of you know of of uh, the revolution or revolution, whatever it was. Let's talk though. Let's do something that's a, a little more positive. Things that are going around. I have to tell you, I've watched this next particular show from its very first episode. I don't think that I've ever missed an episode, and it's a show that I, I have to watch live unless something else is going on. Did it last night, um, had to change a light bulb, and <laughs> had to watch it on TiVo. But Grey's Anatomy is having an amazing season. I know that you had mentioned that you may have gotten a little lost along the way, or it wasn't on the, the must-see there for a bit, and I have to tell you I was concerned after Christina Yang was written out that it would struggle. Then you had McDreamy, who I got to tell you, eh, not really, wasn't really a fan of the character to begin with. But you have all these big characters, and you have some new people, and I didn't know how people would respond. This season has been must-see television. Grey's Anatomy is, is, I don't know how the ratings are doing. I haven't checked that out. But this is the best that it has been in a while. Could not agree more. I know a lot of people were really concerned about, you know, the loss of McDreamy, and they said, you know, Meredith can't anchor the show by herself. And I think very wisely, and we started to see this at the end of last season, even before, um, even before Patrick Dempsey left the show, very wisely, they kind of knew um, there was going to be this void. And so it is not, you know, people feared it was going to become the, the Meredith show. And instead, what they did was they gave Meredith the, the half-sister Maggie. They gave her, you know, they, they brought back Derek's sister, Amelia, put the three of them under a roof. And there's this amazing female power that has just taken place with these three characters really strongly leading this show and they are great characters uh i last season i wasn't sure on maggie i she she kind of annoyed mm-hmm. me a little bit but somewhere along the line she became my very favorite character on the show and they really need to introduce carla mosley of the bold and the beautiful as her sister because they could be they could be you know twins uh and and i think that would be a nice little crossover, even though they're different networks. But yeah, I agree. <laughs> this is the best season it has had in a long time, and this week's episode was stellar. Just uh, if you saw it, the episode revolved around um, a dinner party, and I love nothing more than than awkward dinner parties. Not in real life, but on TV. Uh-huh. Although I've been to a few in real life, I've hosted a few in real life. <laughs> and one of the things they did with this particular episode that just 
I, I focused on it quite a bit while I was live tweeting. There were a lot of scenes where um, they used this sound effect, and it was just sort of like a, a buzzing, a building buzzing, and it and it just got under your skin and said, "Oh, something bad is going to happen. The tensions mm-hmm. are getting high." It, it was it was beautifully written, directed, acted. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Great season for the show. And it's usually too. Sometimes as the shows go on and on. Uh, I mean, you mentioned Law and Order. Certainly, the original went on for a really long time. Sometimes, I think as shows get a little bit older, they it seems that there's not a really this concerted effort to try to keep them. You know, they tend to get more expensive. They've already gotten their episodes that they need to be able to air in syndication. But this is an example of of a show that's been around for over ten years. And is is at a, a creative high, so I kind of like to see that. I, I'd like to see that there's a, a interest on behalf of the the folks that make these shows and put them together and stay on the air. That it looks as though they don't want it to end. I, I think that there for a while there were rumors that Grey's Anatomy would have ended after its tenth season. I'm so glad that it didn't, and I can't wait to see what happens next. So I agree, and I think one of the things that's really smart about it is. Um, They've taken advantage of the fact that, you know, the longer a show is on the air and the longer stars remain with it, the more expensive those stars become. You know, you look at at Friends, which I think was the first show to deal with the fact that um, as a group, the, the original stars got together and sort of negotiated huge pay raises. And what's happened with Grey's Anatomy is, you know, big stars have left. Um, Patrick Dempsey, Eric Dane. Uh, um, uh, Catherine Heigl. Catherine Heigl, you know, they've had lots of big stars leave, and they've done a really good job of introducing new characters and bringing them up. Mm-hmm. You know, but, okay, let's just, let's just switch gears here for one second, and you want to have, like, a totally positively mind-blowing thought? Close well, I haven't had one yet, second. so, okay, hold Close. on. You're like Cynthia James. Hold on, I'm closing my <laughs> eyes. Close your eyes. Mm-hmm. Think about General Hospital. Think, Think about Days of Our Lives. Between these two shows combined, they have been on the air for a, over a hundred years. How wild is that? And I was thinking the other day that, you know, if you, if you boil it down to its bare essence, these shows have been telling a story that started 50 years ago. And there has been no break, mm-hmm. no, you know, it's been one continuous story. Characters have come, characters have gone, but it's been one continuous story for 50 years. And that's just, that blows my mind when I think about that. I think you've been hanging around me too long, or because that was exactly the same segue that I was going to make to our soap transition to say, hey, you think 10 years is a good time? You think, hey, you know, Law and Order for 20 years is a good time? Well, how about 50 years? And how about not one episode a year for a couple of months? How about a new episode every weekday for 50 mm-hmm. years? Shut up. So let's talk about some soap gossip because people love to hear that sort of thing. There's been a lot. Um, let's start with probably the one that most people are, are buzzing about. There is talk that uh, Jason Thompson is leaving General Hospital, that he is jumping ship to a rival show. Uh, it sort of picked up. There have been things going on behind. I know that uh, Jamie Giddens had posted a, a, a blind blank item type of thing. Now, a lot of people are talking about this. Let's mm-hmm. talk about 
Let's talk you know, about it. Everything I'm hearing says it's a done deal. You know, um, no one is confirming it, but everything I'm hearing is it's a done deal. Now, what I'm not hearing is a done deal is exactly where he's going. You know, there have been a lot of rumors that maybe he was going to go over to Y&R and be a new Billy. There were rumors that um, that he might be going to Days as a new character. No, you know, nothing of that. Um, I've heard nothing like solid enough to say, oh, I really think that's true. But Everything I'm hearing about his situation at GH is that, yeah, he's going to be leaving. And honestly, I feel like the timing couldn't be worse. I Mm -hmm. feel like the new writers have been giving him really strong material. I love the stuff they're doing with um, Patrick and Sonny. I think Maurice Bernard and Jason Thompson are bringing out the best in each other. And, of course, we're building toward this huge reveal that's going to have a massive impact on on him. I, I, I... I'm not sure why he is choosing to leave, but if it is, as you know, some people have said, if it is because he was unhappy with the writing, I think I would have tried to negotiate like a six-month stay, you know, and say, okay, let's see how the story is going six months from now. Um, you know, let's see what these new writers do with me and 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 with my character in the fallout of the big reveal that they're building toward. Um, I, I don't know. I I. I I will be really sorry to see him leave. And if if he had said a year ago that he was leaving, and again, he hasn't said this, so we're speculating here, but if he had announced a year ago that he was leaving, I would have been like, eh, you know, can't blame him. They haven't really done much yep. with him. They really didn't know what to do with him after Robin. The Sabrina thing really didn't work. And, you know, they, didn't, they weren't really playing the Sam, Patri- uh, the Sam Patrick relationship at all. It was sort of background to the Liz Jake stuff. Uh, so I would have said, you know, good for him, no big love. But now, I'm in completely the opposite camp, and I'm like, no, don't go. The timing is terrible. No, I agree. And this is interesting because this does sort of tie back to talking about Grey's Anatomy. Um, Both, obviously, shows based in a hospital. But for Meredith on Grey's Anatomy, there was a belief that after Christina Yang's character was written out, that one of these greatest relationships on TV, not necessarily a romantic one, but a relationship, would not uh, that it, the show the show would struggle because it wouldn't have that. Then McDreamy left, so then you have a couple that was sort of the basis of the entire series of, of the however many years that that went away. Maybe it would be another reason that the show would fail. I have to wonder. Uh, s- there was so much a uh, fan base behind the Scrubs that's uh, Robin and uh, Patrick together that I wonder if that was just something or has been something that. Uh, you know, saddled this role, saddled this character with that and just couldn't go on from there. There are always people who will say that, you know, you call them what, single couple shippers. Mm-hmm. These people who just feel that that's there, that's all that they'll accept. They won't accept the character with, with another relationship. And well, look, yeah, then you've got the true. writing issue. That's true. Um, but here's the thing. I believe that any soap that listens to single couple shippers is dooming itself because I, I, you know, I love them. I love their passion. I love their devotion. But if you, as I always say, if you, excuse me, if you are, if you are only watching a show for one couple, you are inevitably going to be disappointed. You know, um, when, when Olivia got, got pregnant with, uh, uh, with Julian's baby, and I suggested that, you know, hey, maybe we'll play a triangle here. You know, the, the Julexis army were furious with me. And what they don't get is that when you say things like that, you're not saying you don't like that couple. You're saying, hey, 
this is storyline potential. And storyline potential is good because storyline keeps your couple front and center. Ask fans of Kane and Lily if they would take almost any story for their couple right now because, you know, they really didn't get much story over the last year. Uh, the Robin situation was a particularly bad one because unlike a lot of these single couple shippers, well, well, actually, these, the, in this case, the single sh- couple shippers are finding out exactly what I have always said because, you know, actors leave, st- you know, couples break up. Um, and in this case, they are going to deal with the Robin issue. And our new, our new issue, just coming out now, um, it's our November Sweeps preview issue. And one of the things, I, I spoke at length to Jean Passanante and Shelley Altman, the new writers, who are, by the way, really, they're old school soap opera, and I really enjoy talking to them. I've, I've talked to them like three times since they took over, and they're, they're awesome. But one of the things they say is they are aware of the Robin problem. You know, they know that this has to be addressed because not only from the point of view of Patrick, but from the point of view of the canvas where you have situations like Duke's death where it makes no sense that, that Robin wouldn't come there and be there for her mother when the love of her life dies. They're very aware of this situation and they're going to deal with it. The question then becomes how do they deal with it? Because while single couple shippers would love for Kimberly McCullough to come back, and, you know, who wouldn't? She's not. She might come back for, you know, a couple episodes here and there, but she, in a weird way, she does a disservice to her fans and to mm-hmm. the show because she always talks about how she wants to come back. But, but what she means is, I want to come back for a short-term visit. You know, I want to come back for, like she did before, like for a week or a couple weeks, but she has no interest right now. She's a very busy lady. lady. She's having great success in her directing career. She has no interest in coming back full-time. And so every time she says that and ends the sentence there, every time she ends the sentence with, I'd love to come back, but doesn't add, you know, for a week... She gets them excited and gets them thinking, see, why won't ABC work with her? Why won't they bring her back? Why won't they, you know, they, they do this? So there is a problem with the Robin situation, and it has to be dealt with, whether it's by recasting, whether it's by bringing her back for, you know, a week and wrapping up the story. Who knows? I mean, one possibility, if Jason Thompson really does decide to leave, you could, you could I, I have no doubt that if he decided to leave the show and they decided not to recast, that Kimberly McCullough, who, who you know, yep. they had a great working sh- relationship, um, she would have no problem coming back so that this couple could ride off into the sunset together. And that's really the only thing that's going to make... The, you know, Scrubs fans happy. I, agree. I don't really think they'll sat- they'll be satisfied if if you know they 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 somehow explain that you know whatever you know Robin's gone and here's where she is and we've dealt with that now Patrick can move on. I don't think that they're re- they they will accept Patrick moving on in that capacity. If you are just tuning in, it's me. It's Dan Kroll. I'm the Kroll and Kroll Call. I'm joined by Richard Sims. We're talking about soaps at this exact moment. If, Richard, uh, they decide to deal with the Robin issue on General Hospital, they could always don't throw darts. This is just a transition, folks. It's a segue. We call that in the biz. They could always kill off the character. Why would they do that? Why would a show kill off a core legacy character from a core family? I don't know, but Days of Our Lives did that when they killed off Will Horton. Was that a mistake Richard Sims discuss? Uh, you know, the, uh, I guess one of the things that people really got up in arms about was, you know, that with Freddie Smith leaving and then, and then the show killing off Will, the, you know, people got upset that they were, you know, basically obliterating the gay, the gay storyline. Um, 
I, I don't know that I, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if I believe that, um, that, that that was the intent here. Um, I, I have no problem with killing off core characters, but I will say this. I think if you're going to do it, it has to really serve the story, especially with a legacy character. And, you know, a really bad example of that was the Bold and the Beautiful killing off Allie Forrester. That should have been a powerful story that rocked the Forrester family to its core and that, in, that, that all of the major players involved, you know, including Thorne and, and, and Brooke and Eric and Ridge. And instead, what it became was sort of a really not-so-great story about, you know, uh, Ivy having videotaped it and blackmailing and, and, the, and her saying murder all the time. Uh, but it, it, it was not a story worthy of killing off a legacy character. Is the serial killer story worthy of that? I kind of think it is. I think that if you're going to tell a serial killer story, there has to be at least one victim whose death mm-hmm. majorly impacts the canvas. You know, that was not going to be Serena. Nobody really cared about her. It wasn't really <laughs> going to be Paige because while there were, you know, I think there was a lot of potential there, and I think True O'Brien had a lot of potential. I don't think they ever really played her well enough that a big part of the audience really cared when she was murdered. So someone had to be killed that was going to be of, of major impact. And, and that definitely applies to Will. I also think it's worth saying that um, Billy Flynn and uh, Robert Scott Wilson are doing phenomenal work in this story. This, the fight scene that they had a week or so ago... Um, and, and it's not just them. It was the lighting department and the directing and, you know, every aspect of it. It was brutal. It was violent. And I'm a big believer that you can't tell a serial killer story and have it be, you know, everybody dies by rose petal. It, it's got to be. For it to have an impact, there has to be violence. And uh, especially Robert Scott Wilson has just blown me away. I can't wait to see what he does next. He's, he, he's gone with this story from being sort of the pretty boy on All My Children to being a, a major player. Yeah, I, it's, it's fun to see that. Um, you know, there is sort of a belief that a, a lot of times on soaps, they'll pick uh, a type for villain roles. This is, it seems to go completely against type. They have someone who by all accounts would be uh, one of the most attractive people uh, people on the show, and they say, "Hey, you know what? Let's make them bad." And uh, you know, there's, it's, it's interesting to see people say what they say in terms of it. Um, but he's he's proving that he's more than just another pretty face. He's really been able to to carry this. It's been convincing, and he didn't really get a whole lot of material on All My Children. And and of course, you know, his role on The Price Is Right. Sorry, <laughs> folks. Um, you know, there's not a whole lot going on there. Putting your arm out and, and pointing to a car. So this Although is the first chance it, we could yes. do it as well as he did. No, but you know what I could do? I could be the mountain climber. I could be the yo de do de de do I don't one. think you could be the mountain climber, but I think you could be the yodeler. Oh, I could be the yodeler. That would be amazing. <laughs> we'll work on that. You know, that. and I, I will say this. I think that I was, I was not particularly thrilled when, you know, the big days of our lives 50 plot turned out to be a serial killer, to be honest. You know, I was like, you know, this is something they've done a lot over the years, and yeah, I didn't. I, I just wasn't impressed by it. But the story has moved so quickly, and they did, they did something really that you don't see in this kind of story a lot. They could have dragged this out for a long time, and they revealed to the audience who the killer was fairly quickly. 
and and then it became not a story about who's the killer, which, you know, that gets old after a while, but it became a, a story about how does he get away with it? How does he, you know, how does he stay one step ahead of everyone? And it's also played really nicely across the canvas. I mean, I think, I think Galen Gehring, who has not, I can't say that he's ever been one of my favorites. I've always found him good, but he's not been somebody I loved. But the wonderful work he's doing playing sort of the, un, the, the pining for hope, you know, is, is so subtle and so wonderful. And it's been really played well against the background of this serial killer story. I agree. You know, that really is, I think, the essence of a good story. If you're going to do it, as you said earlier, you have to make the investment, you have to take the gamble, and you have to kill off characters that matter. You can't just have it be bartender number seven and, you know, UPS driver number four. You have to have something that people will be upset about. I mean, Killing Will, whether it was a good idea or a bad idea, it has a lot of people talking. In fact, uh, Allison Sweeney and Deidre Hall have both spoken out, uh, either Mm -hmm. in interviews or on social media, saying, you know what? we aren't necessarily a fan or we didn't necessarily think that this was a good idea. Alison Sweeney, I mean, looking in, in retrospect where uh, the show had said she was returning and she would go on social media and say, hey, no, 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 we're talking, but you know, nothing's come up or uh, we haven't really reached an agreement. Now we sort of know why. I mean, that was uh, six, seven, eight months ago. The reason for that was maybe because of the fact that she was having mm-hmm. sort of second thoughts about being part of it. It, it wasn't that there was a communication error. It's, it's an actress who's saying, you know what? I don't know that I want to be a part of this where you're killing off you know, my on-screen kid. Um, you know what the, I don't know. You know the other reason that this story really works? And it's something that you and I have talked about over and over and over again, usually in conjunction with stories that don't work. Um, the, one of the reasons this works is there's an actual love story at the heart of it. You know, there's this Chad Abigail love story, and even really on a, on a really warped level, the Ben Abigail love story that, you know, it started out as this love triangle, and then it got really intense, and then he became a killer. But at the heart of it is, you know, Ben's anger and rage all comes from the fact that he loves this woman to pieces, and she's got the hots for another guy. I mean, that is Soap 101, is that... No matter what story you're telling, if there is a if there is a good romance at the center of it, we'll go for the ride. And they have definitely taken us on one heck of a ride. And let's just say this: in November sweeps, you know this is going to culminate. There's you know there's only so long this can go on. And and I think I suspect what we're going to see is as Abigail's eyes, you know, sort of start to open up to what might be going on literally under her nose, that could put her in a lot of danger. And it'll be, you know, would would Ben, you know, I think the question you have to ask is, how far would Ben go to keep his secret? Would he, would he really kill Abigail, you know, who he loves, in order to keep her away from Chad and to keep his secret? That is why they say tune in tomorrow if you're just tuning in now. This is Kroll Call. I'm Dan Kroll. I'm talking to Richard Sims. And we are about to talk about, I would say, probably our our favorite topics, us. So you talked about Days of Our Lives taking on folks on one wild ride. Richard Sims, I am being told that you are going to be taking some wild rides, hopefully calm ones, on big boats, You've got some cruising things going on here. What I am, and I'm really on? excited about this. I mean, like, even just, sometimes you don't, when you love something, you know, the way we love soaps, the way I love Disney, the way I love cruising, you don't even have to be on 
you know, like you don't have to be at Disney to be excited about something you're doing. I do have a cruise coming up in, uh, in, I have one in March and I have another in September. Um, but I've also been, I, I met the guy who runs cruiseradio.net, um, this really cool guy who he's in New York visiting for a month and we got together and we were talking and stuff and he called one day and was like, hey, you know, I'm going to this event for Princess Cruise Lines. Uh, their, their princess is doing this really cool, uh, partnership with the Discovery Network and their various channels and they're calling it Discovery at Sea. And there was an event the other night uh, that we went to. I just posted something on my Facebook page about it if anybody wants to read it. And you can find me at facebook.com slash Trelfie, T-R-A-L-F-I-E. But it's, it's, it, it involves everything from virtual reality goggles to take you under the sea. And um, I got to pet a sloth and pet a, oh. pet a gigantic snake because they had all, you know, they were just, they were, they were talking about their shore excursions and things. And I get really excited about that. And what's cool is I've been able to, like, write some stuff that Doug is posting over at uh, cruiseradio.net. So, you know, it's one of those things where your passion for something, my, my fairly recent, you know, only two years or so love of cruising led me to connect with new people and led to, like, new opportunities and stuff. And, and it's just really exciting, and I'm very excited about it. But that said... Uh-oh. Before you do that, you gave me a great idea, a great pickup line. Oh. <laughs> hey there, pretty lady. You want to pet my sloth? <laughs> anyway, continue. <laughs> You're no, bad the, news. The one, that, the one that works even better is, hey there, pretty lady. Want to pet my 15-foot snake? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I did. Uh, uh, but, but, you know, I think as much as I'm enjoying all that and as, as awesome as it is and as exciting as I am, as, I, as much as I can't wait to do more, you know, talking about cruising and cruising and planning cruising and as great as all that is, I think it kind of pales in comparison to the great grand adventure that has been Kroll Manor. And I'll tell you, one of the things that I love most about this this whole saga has been the fact that you sort of kept it really under wraps and you know, in large part, so that you could surprise your mom and grandma. And I just think that is, I think that was so cool. I loved the, the video of you telling them and, you know, w- you know, sort of walking into the house and being like, oh, yeah, no, this is mine. I'm going to live here now. I thought that was so cool. Well, uh, yeah, now, I don't know that everybody has seen that. There's a whole story behind the scenes of, you're absolutely correct, I moved back home. I am in the Lehigh Valley in Pennsylvania. Uh, I moved away when I went to college, never came back. Now I'm back. Uh, we'll talk about they that. They let you back. Uh, <laughs> well, the uh, I had to stay away for twenty years. That was the term of, of <laughs> that was my the restraining orders terms <laughs> when I was you know kicked out of the out of the commune. Um, but I didn't tell my family at all. Uh, there were very few people who knew. Uh, you knew. I, I told a couple of people because I needed to have someone to talk to. But and I also told some of my neighbors back in Philadelphia because I thought it would be really. Um, kind of a Richard move, not you, but the Richard, to <laughs> not tell people that I'm moving and they only find out when the moving truck moves up. So I had to tell a couple of people. But um, there's always a process when I would come home to visit my family. We would go out to eat. It's a place called Yakos. They have hot dogs, not uh, Jimmy Dean sausages, but hot dogs. And you Armor hot dogs? Because what kind of kid doesn't like armor hot dogs? Uh O S C A R M E Y E R, whatever. I don't know how the song goes. I can't think of that that fast. Uh, but we would go there, then we would go to Target and do all sorts of things. Um, 
Anyway, I told my family that one of the girls that I went to high school with, her name is Holly, uh, put that out there. I said, you know, she worked for a realtor who they sold a house. Um, and she said, you know, would we, do we want to go in and just, you know, take a look at houses and things like that? So I said, sure. You know, I, I wasn't really talking to anyone on the phone. I was just making all this up. And my mom and my grandmother like, sure, you know, we'll go and check it out on the way to Target. It'll be great. So went there. I parked in front of the house and told them that uh, the realtor had given me the code for the lockbox key, uh, but I had to go into the back of the house to get it because they didn't want people to know there's a lockbox. So what I was really doing is going to the back of the house so that I could sneak in. I had cameras set up in the house so I could record the big reveal of showing my family that I was moving home. So it took me maybe a minute or two minutes to do this, ran back around to the front of the house and I say, okay, let's go. And my mom says, um, we're not going to go in. I'm like, what do you mean you're not going in? She says, we don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> don't screw with my surprise. I'm like, we have to go in. Holly told us we should. We had to. She, I, I called in a favor. She's like, no, what if the neighbors see people going into the house and they call the police um, <gasps> and wouldn't move? Then my Nana's saying, yeah, my legs hurt. I'm not going to go in either. I'm like, you've got to go in. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I've done all of this. I've done all this stuff and I can't get them into the house and I can't tell them why they need to go into the house. So they're sitting there. My mom is like, uh, I would say the closest thing I can think of it is um, like when a dog is going to the vet where they, you know, curl in the back and hold on or like in the cartoons when you're going to give a cat a bath and they're clawed on to you. Like she was in the car, lips pursed and shaking her head going, "Mm, not going to go in, not going to go in. Finally, my grandmother was, she's like, oh, uh, screw it. We'll say she said, let's go in. We went in. Uh, They're tiptoeing around and I'm keeping a, a really low profile. And then we go to this other room and the doors are closed. I'm like, I wonder what's behind the door. And my mom's like, don't touch it. Don't move it. Uh, you know, <laughs> don't open the door. It's not our house. Alarms. Um, and opened it up. And inside the room was a table with all of our family portraits on. And I just waited. And it was exactly as I'd hoped. There was no, there just, why did you put our pictures in this house? <laughs> waited, you know, wait the beat. And my grandmother's just looking around, trying to figure it out. And I was like, what are, what are you doing? I'm like, this is my house now. And I was like, no, it's not. Why are you, why are you doing this? Because I'm, like, I'm moving back home. And uh, it went on. It was really, really great. Um, and they literally did not believe you. I watched their faces. And, and they're like, damn, no. And you know, all I could think was, he's clearly played some pranks on them before because they ain't buying this. <laughs> they think he is kidding. <laughs> no, I mean, I have, but I haven't. Uh, ironically, I think the, the house that I bought in, uh, in Philadelphia, uh, I think I did the same thing. My mother knew about that. She was there as it was being built. But my grandmother didn't. I told her that I was, we were going to someone's house to walk their dog and showed her. So, I mean, I, I do have a history of, of, you know, misleading people, uh, for better or for worse. Yes, but, yes, you do. <laughs> like I told you, we were going to a party and here we are talking <laughs> for an hour. <laughs> um, so, you know, like I have a history, I suppose, of, of doing but never anything bad. Now, of course, now they're, they're very excited. My grandmother calls every day, um, like every day. Can I come over and clean? Can I come over and do something? I'm like, there's the part of me that says you can't have a, an 80 year old woman cleaning your house. Like, I feel like that that's some sort of 
a 13th commandment that'll send you to hell. Uh, but she wants to. So I'm torn between one to let her do something so she can feel to be a part. And I know she's excited. But then there's the other part of me of, you know, uh, sure, I, I don't want the want her running around, you know, cleaning counters and vacuuming and stuff. That just doesn't seem very polite or very nice to do. But, you know, she wants to do it. So who am I to argue? No one, really, I guess. <laughs> well, like I said, uh, when, you, when you said on Facebook, I, I am more than happy to have Nana come to our house and clean because she will get no competition and no fight. She is more than welcome to come and clean to her heart's content. But, you know, everybody was wondering, there's, why is it so secret? Well, I, I did everything in such a way as I couldn't tell people anywhere that I was moving, especially not on social media, because I was afraid that it would get back. So I didn't want them to know. And then even afterwards, I didn't give too much of the details because not everyone knew. Um, you know, there is extended family that, you know, I haven't seen in years. And I mean, I just I wanted to make sure that everything was in place and everything was in order. I mean, I haven't even been able to get the newspaper delivered here yet. So there's been a lot going on. There's a, a whole lot of stuff. I keep mentioning there are a lot of light bulbs to change. Um, I mean, I don't have to. It just gives me something to do, you know, and painting and <laughs> all that other good stuff. And uh, there is also rumors, as I'm looking and see that we only have about three minutes left before we have to wrap it up. Uh, we may be doing a special live broadcast. Richard is coming to Crow Manor 2.0, and we're going to, you know, probably do a live outside uh, pool podcast of, uh, you know, we'll put a inflatable raft in there and we'll call it a princess cruise line and Richard can, you know, talk about cruising on Kroll Banner's ocean. I don't know. Because basically, you know, if you, if, you, if you tell me there's a cruise line there, I'll be there. You know, I won't <laughs> stop to think, wait, cruises don't sail out of the Lehigh Valley. How could they? But you know what? If Pine Valley could have an ocean, so could Lehigh Valley. And I'm just not as good at geography as I think I am. Uh, well, I'm, I'm slowly but surely uh, a teaspoon at a time digging my way to towards New Jersey to get the ocean to come <laughs> to come here to Kroll Manor. In the time that we have left, Richard, let everybody know where they can find you and track you down, and then we'll fill the rest of the time with banter. But go. Where can I find you? Well, you can find me at, uh, I, I live tweet the shows, Young and the Restless, Bold and the Beautiful, General Hospital and Days of Our Lives. I do uh, General Hospital on Soaps in Depth ABC and the others on Soaps in Depth CBS. And yes, I do Days, Days of Our Lives on CBS because we no longer do an NBC issue. Uh, and my personal account is How Rude Are You, which you can find me. You never know what I'm talking about over there. I also do primetime tweeting on all TV, all shade, um, and you know, you never know what I'm watching over there. I, I live tweet Grey's Anatomy and stuff like that. And Facebook, like I said, Facebook, you can find me at facebook.com slash Trelfie, T-R-A-L-F-I-E. If you're out and about this weekend, um, the new issue of Soaps and Depth is just hitting. It's got uh, our November sweeps preview in it, and uh, uh, basically the results of my chat with the new writers, and lots of other good stuff in it. When you spell Trophy, I keep hearing the Mickey Mouse theme song in my head for no apparent reason. I'm not sure I, why. I understand that. When people spell things, I think that as well, especially when they happen to be, you know, basically the same number of letters around T -R -A there. T-R-A-L-F-I. Yeah, whatever. Richard. Many, but, you know. <laughs> 
Thank you, Richard, so much for dropping by this week. It's always a pleasure to have you here. You know, we'll have you back, and who knows what we'll talk about. It's sort of a, a, a stream of consciousness whenever you drop by, uh, unless, of course, we do have a specific topic that we have to And, talk you know, I have about. to say, this is probably the least prepared we've ever been for a show. We didn't even talk beforehand. You know, nope. usually we talk, and we're like, well, we'll talk about this, and we'll talk about that. And this time it was like, I mean, I, I knew when we started off talking about sausages in the Walmart bathroom <laughs> that this was going to be a freeform show, and I I liked it. <laughs> if you can't get enough of our sausage banter, we'll work on that. We'll edit that out of the podcast. You can find more of these shows in our archives at crollcall.com. Every show that we've ever broadcast is there. You can listen to them anytime on demand for free. You can also go to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast, download it. When you go on, it'll download it for free. Search for Kroll Call in the podcast sections. Other than that, we will be back next week with a topic that has probably something to do with Halloween because it will be the 30th. And remember, the next time the phone rings, have some candy in case it's a trick-or-treater. But pick it up. It could be the Kroll Call. Have a great week, everybody. We reach a high-